So this is just an off-the-cuff casual podcast episode that I've been trying to talk myself out of making for a couple weeks, and I finally am like, I'm just going to make it because it's it's something I want to talk about. I'm parked by a freeway, so sorry if you hear some fast semis in the background. But man, I just have been wanting to talk about this lately. It's just been one of those topics that I just can't get out of my head. And the topic is how much I love the Casita RV. Now, before you say, oh, Brian, there's other RVs that are great. Oh, Brian, you must be making money from them. Let me just say, I've never made a penny from Casita, probably never will. I've asked them for some sort of affiliate arrangement or commission or something. They've never given it to me. I'm not trying anymore. I have no plans to do anything like that at all. I will let you guys know if that changes, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. The second thing is, yes, there are definitely other RVs that meet this criteria. Probably, maybe, I haven't found them. We all know that the way you find other RVs that meet this criteria is by spending a lot of time and money. And you have to be rich to have a lot of extra time and money. I don't have a lot of either. And I actually would rather spend my time and money on something else anyway. Um, Another point to get out of the way is the carpet on the casita walls. Everybody says, oh, they could never buy a casita because of the carpet on the walls. Um, Before we get into the discussion, I would like to address this also. This boils down to one of those things that is a theoretical concern. In theory, it would be better to not have the carpet. In theory, you could build a custom mold-free home for $3 million that would never get moldy. Or as I actually did, a $60,000 custom metal RV that would be great. Actually, it wasn't so great and I sold it for $10,000. Some of it my own fault, not blaming the metal RV. Some of it was just, it just wasn't right for me. In theory, in theory, in theory, in theory, one of the things you learn about mold avoidance very early on is that those theories kind of suck and they don't always work. For example, I can immediately propose a counter theory about the Casita carpet and say that, you know, cholesterolamine is a plastic that you take orally to absorb mold toxins, right? Cholesterolamine is kind of the treatment of choice with mold doctors. And it goes in your gut and it absorbs bile and it has this positive charge or negative charge or whatever that sucks up the mold toxins. I kind of think that the Casita carpet actually soaks in a lot of detox and mold toxins. And the carpet's actually better than not having carpet. I actually think that. I don't know if I'm right or not, but it doesn't really matter. What really matters is that there have been a whole lot of experienced mold avoiders who have used casitas and done really well in them, who have noticed that they don't off-gas very much and that they can sleep in them pretty much right away. Even one experienced mold avoider who recently posted that they tested the casita, and by tested, I mean with their nose, not with a actual test, and found that the casita off-gasses much less than another fiberglass RV that they saw someone in a campground that had been like a two-year-old fiberglass RV that was still totally intolerable with off-gassing. So please don't get caught up in the lie that you can use your brain or a laboratory test or a theory or having a high IQ to figure out if the casita is good or bad or if carpet is good or bad in the casita, right? 
Rather, I strongly suggest you do what I always tell people to do in these situations, which is to listen to experienced mold avoiders and don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't waste all your money on, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean there's not other good RVs out there. I mean, the Casita is just one that's tried and true and that I found because I listened to experienced mold avoiders and that I really like. I've owned three of them now. Wait, is it three or two? I don't even remember. I've owned several of them now, sold a couple, bought a couple, own a couple. And there's quite a bit I like about it. Um, And and it's actually quite life-changing in many ways. First of all, casitas have sort of a cult following, meaning that they have a very high resale value. There, there's thousands and thousands of them out there. There's people who just love them. There's discussion forums with thousands and thousands of people, which is really good when you're dealing with mold avoidance in an RV, because as we all know, you know, as mold avoiders, we like to, to come and go and be able to sell things and get our money back. Now, it is true that the casita is sort of a one or two person size. I've heard people squeezing three or four people in, but you know, whatever to each his own. It's a very small RV. So for me, it's kind of been more of a of a personal pod, if you will, POD, like a survival pod. And even though I have a family, my family has spent most of the last several years in conventional housing, and I sometimes will, you know, be in an RV working, traveling, you know, doing other things. But, you know, we have earlier in mold avoidance, we did use some large RVs, some very large 33 foot RVs with a slide out. And I, those, that was great too. Totally different purposes. You know, earlier in mold avoidance, we were doing family mold avoidance on the road, family road trip, two years, learning senses, getting unmasked, learning the locations effect, doing some basic healing. We used some garbage particle board, temporary RVs that went bad. We sold them, went bad. We sold them. We cross-contaminated them. We sold them. It's kind of disposable, right? Um, The Casita fills a very different role in my life. And I think it's worth talking about because it's only been recently. Well, I shouldn't say recently. It's, It's only been the last couple of years that I've really seen the clear differences between a much larger RV and the Casita. And the story begins in summer 2020 when I bought my first Casita. It was in the middle of the pandemic and we were living in a a pretty pristine area and we didn't want to live there anymore. We wanted to to move somewhere else. We've since been to several locations since then, but I went on a scouting trip with a Casita. I just bought one, hooked it up and took off and went to nine different states um, looking for, you know, places we might want to live next. And it was immediately evident to me that the Casita was awesome absolutely awesome. It has all of the amenities you could ever want inside a very small package. So in other words, full kitchen, full bathroom, air conditioning, furnace. I mean, just everything that a huge RV has. So immediately it's a self-contained little pod. If I try to list all of the things I love about my casita, I will surely miss, man, that road noise is so bad. I will surely miss half of them. I think that's probably why I never made this podcast because I didn't want to forget things about how great the Casita is. Um, The small space inside makes it very easy to heat and cool. And this allows a lot more versatility in extreme temperatures, whether it's extreme heat or extreme cold. Now, granted, if it is extremely cold, 
Um, I've had to winterize the plumbing because it's not made to be kept in, you know, zero degree uh, weather with the plumbing. Um, but that's, that's okay because my family's always been nearby in conventional housing. So, you know, you can have a, a side bathroom or, you know, water, bathroom, toilet, shower elsewhere during the freezing cold winter time. But I've been able to heat it very comfortably all the way down to about minus 10 Fahrenheit with uh, an electric space heater and or the built-in furnace. So that's huge benefit. The size is a huge benefit. You can move it almost anywhere. It's easy to maneuver. I've had hotels allow me to park it in a parking space in the hotel. You know, of course, you have to unhook from your tow vehicle or else it's too long. But even even sometimes you don't have to do that if you can find two spaces back to back. But the casita is shorter than many vehicles, so you can stick it in parking spaces. Um, it's really good for that aspect. But the versatility of it is really fascinating to me because over the years... I have used my casita for so many different things. I've used it as a scouting vehicle to scout locations. I've used it as a getaway vehicle to go on little sabbaticals for myself to get clear and get better air when my family didn't want to go. I have used it as a home office where I've parked it next to various properties that we've rented over the years. And it's not just a mold thing. It's also a quiet thing. You know, I've had houses where um, where I've been able to tolerate the houses just fine, but maybe I don't want to sleep in them or maybe they're too small for me to work inside. Because, you know, when you're doing mold avoidance, sometimes you rent a small house, even though you have too many people because you're like, oh, it feels good. It's not moldy. We need to save some money. And you rent a small house, right? So having it as a home office is not just a mold thing. It's an awesome thing for anyone to have. Um... So I've been able to start an entirely new career inside the casita in any location because all my stuff is in the same place no matter where I am. And if I do go to a different location to get clearer, to go camping or whatever, it's still, everything's still in the same place. It's still really easy to grab. Which brings me to another point. It is so small that it's very easy to keep clean and organized it's, I hope the road noise isn't screwing this podcast up, but there's nothing I can do about it right now. You guys can click off of this and go get this info somewhere else if you have somewhere better to go. But um, it is um, extremely easy to keep clean and organized. And this is really important for moving around because when you move, if you're new to RVing, you might not know this, but when you move, you have to put everything away. 100% of things have to be put away. If you leave a water cup out on the counter and you drive 100 feet, it's going to be spilled over on the floor and maybe broken, right? Everything has to be put away. If you accidentally leave your laptop on the table and you drive a couple miles, your laptop will be shattered on the ground. So you have to put everything away. But I like towables more than vans because you can unhook them and go drive around. And then then there's less setup and less teardown, right? If you're in a van and you're doing mold avoidance in a van, there's a lot of disadvantages that I don't like about vans. But if you are in a van, um, even if you just want to go to the store for five minutes and grab some milk, you have to put all of your stuff away because you're moving your whole house, right? But with a casita, you can just unhook it and leave it somewhere, whether it's a hotel parking lot, a campground, side of the house, and then you can drive your vehicle somewhere else. Um, without cleaning up your casita and organizing everything. The other thing that I don't like about vans is that 
if they do get contaminated and if you need to trade them in, you're dealing with a much higher value asset that has its own engine, right? I don't like to be trading in things with engines all the time. They tend to take more depreciation and just be more expensive. Um, you know, casitas don't have an engine. They're not a whole huge van vehicle thing that has to be bought and sold uh, more expensively. So that's a, an advantage to me is having a tow vehicle with an engine that's more expensive that that I don't sell or, or trade out of and then having this, the RVs that I can sell and trade out of. So just the versatility of the casita has really blown me away. It's an office on the side of my house. It's a place to sleep in the warm or the cold. It's a vehicle for exploring locations and sensing new locations. It's a vehicle for taking sabbaticals where I can get more clear. It's it's everything. It's like all things to all people. It, it can be a bedroom. It's very small. It could be a bedroom. It could be a home office. It's just become such an essential part of my life that even when I do have adequate and clear conventional housing and I don't need to spend as much time in the casita, I still would be in like major panic mode if I didn't have a casita because you never know when your conventional housing is going to go bad. Um, you want to be able to hit the road and just you want the f- versatility and flexibility of of a casita at least i do i can't imagine life without it i just cannot and i don't envision any point in my future where i will not own one especially with the kind of lifestyle that i like to to have i mean some people may not need one forever but i just don't envision a future where i don't have one and again you know y- you if you're in earlier mold avoidance like I was, we all were, you can live without these amenities, without a fridge, without a toilet, without a shower, without a stove, without blinds, without, you know, insulation for sound, all this stuff. And and that's fine. I, I actually didn't mind that. But you get to a certain point in mold avoidance. And I didn't even really realize how much this impacted me because I went straight from my custom metal RV which was just unfinished. It was just basically a metal box. You know, I was pooping in a bucket. I was sleeping on a board of insulation while my family was in this luxury, beautiful new home next to me. Um, And I didn't realize how much stress that was causing me. And I don't mean like overt stress. I just mean like there was this underlying feeling of being unsettled in that metal box like there's just there was no insulation so it was always hot or cold um the lack of insulation also allowed sound in i could hear the birds walking around outside the floor was lumpy the you know there was just these basic things you know it's funny in one of my podcasts i talk about this is such a funny topic as i've i've hit on this before but i talk about how the science and engineering of human occupied spaces has been in maturity, going, getting mature for hundreds of years, right? Engineers and scientists have been working on human occupied spaces for hundreds of years, mud huts, this and that, you know, log cabins, building codes. So it's kind of, it was kind of um, brazen for me, um, you know, a little bit overconfident for me to think that I could build that metal RV up to being great. And again, I'm not blaming the metal RV. Some people have said, oh, you're, you're too hard on it. You know, other people have healed in those. Fine. It was a great healing environment. It just wasn't what I personally needed. I did learn a lot of lessons and I did do some healing in it. But um, you, you learn when you go from a metal box to a conventional RV like the Casita that 
there's really a reason why they are built the way they are and the comfort and the quiet and the insulation and everything is just, it just allows you to take a deep breath and get some work done. And getting work done is pretty important when you are a mold avoider because that's how you pay the bills. And if you can't pay the bills, you can't do mold avoidance. Now, I just want to point out one more time, because a lot of people might not know this, like I had the benefit and the blessing to have amazing mentors in mold avoidance that that I talked with for hours and hours over many years. And so I have a lot of knowledge in my head that I was told by mentors that a lot of you guys don't have. And so sometimes I take that for granted and I, I forget that people don't, um, don't know some of this stuff. But one of the things I was taught by my mentors is that Basically, the problem where mold growth happens is in walls that are made of wood and the walls are at the condensation interface between cold outdoor air and warm indoor air or in in the summertime, the opposite. Just like when you get a Coke can or 7-Up can and you get it out of a cooler and you set it outside, it immediately starts to sweat and gets condensation. That's kind of the problem. That's where the problematic mold happens is in these wall interfaces, condensation point in the wall where, um, where, where water can be. And even if you never have any leaks, even if you never have any leaks, there's just going to be condensation. Um, a Coke can isn't necessarily leaking. It's still got those droplets on it though, right? When you take it out of a cooler. Humans breathing inside an RV creates moisture. It's not a question of if there's leaks or not. And plus, you know, conventional RVs leak like crazy no matter what you do. They just, it just doesn't matter. So I think a lot of people don't understand why casitas are so valuable because they think like, oh, what if there's mold in the sink? What if there's mold in the fridge? What if there's mold in the toilet? What if there's mold in your tanks? I'm looking at mold right now. I have a lot of little patches of mold in my casita, in the fridge, on the counters, in the bathroom, and they're not the problematic kind of mold. One thing my mentor used to say to me over and over again is surface mold is not the enemy. Surface mold is not the enemy. This is one of the reasons why conventionally built houses are so bad because they have these two by six or two by four wall cavities where there's this empty space of air in the wall and you're eventually going to get condensation in there and you have the perfect breeding ground for bad mold. Surface mold is generally not the problem. RV tanks mold is generally not the problem. Refrigerator mold is generally not the problem. And the casita does have a little bit of wood in it, but it's not wood in the condensation interfaces like there's some wood separator boards and wood cabinets and I've never had any problems with those and nobody else I know of has either thankfully there's not any wood in the walls of the casita there might be a little bit don't quote me on that I'm not positive but it's generally pretty good the floor which is wood is completely encased in fiberglass can it get moldy I don't know maybe maybe it can if you want something with absolutely zero wood then the ATCs, last I checked, don't quote me, I'm not guaranteeing you, but a lot of the ATC models have no wood, no cardboard, no paper. We also love our ATC. We have an ATC. That's fine too. But there's something about the casitas just being so small and manageable and relatively affordable. I can park them in parking spaces. They're just a really, really good option. Um, and I don't really talk about it enough and explain all the benefits, but it's, it's been a really, really good option. I mean, I could just go on and on. I'm actually starting to get a little bit frustrated that I even made this podcast at all because I'm realizing that I'm going to forget half the things that I wanted to talk about because there's so many options, so many benefits, excuse me, of 
these units. Um, another one being that they're normal, they blend in. You know, people talk about tiny homes and all this other weird, wacky stuff. Well, yeah, tiny homes stick out like a sore th- thumb. If you have a tiny home in your yard, you know, people are going to be like, oh, what's that doing in there? What's that? But everybody in America has RVs. They're certified street legal, whereas tiny homes might not be street legal, right? These are all the things that I learned like 10 years ago, five years ago, not 10 years ago, about seven years ago in mold avoidance when I started. And I've just taken them for granted. But a lot of new people are still like, hey, why wouldn't I get a tiny home instead of a, an RV? Well, <laughs> an RV is a tiny home, but it's even better. It's, commod- it's commoditized commoditized if that's a word it is um street legal mass produced easy to get insurance for blends in nobody thinks it's weird and when you're traveling nobody thinks it's weird i've often pulled off the side of the road in my casita and slept next to the semi trucks at a rest stop a truck stop or even just a freeway exit and you never get hassled because everybody knows oh RVs are normal that's probably just a guy on a family vacation he's just resting it's normal it fits in it allows you to do mold avoidance wherever and however you want as an aside i i love parking by semis you'll notice there's semi noise all around me now because it's semis don't bother you right all of the semi drivers are packing guns they all keep to themselves They're all used to RVs being around. Nobody robs semi-drivers. Nobody messes with them. Nobody messes with you. So I love to be around semis, whether it's rest stops, truck stops, um, freeway exits, whatever, when I'm traveling, because I just know I'm going to be able to get a good night's sleep and no one's going to bother me and I'm not going to bother them. They're going somewhere, right? They're driving 12 hours. um, And they, they they don't mind you. You don't mind them. Everybody's safe. Nobody cares. It's great. Um, and this is something you can't do as easily in a truck camper shell or a tent or something. You're not going to be, you know, laying down a tent on a dirty rest stop where there's trash and sticky stuff and whatever. Um, you're just not going to be doing it. Can you do it in a van? Kind of. I mean, yeah, you can, but a van a van is like almost good enough to, to sleep at a rest stop or you know, side of the road somewhere, you can do it. Yeah, you certainly can. You can move around inside, go to the bathroom, whatever. But I'm telling you, it's not the same as an RV that has the proper insulation and amenities. It's designed to be a small house, right? Van conversions, yeah, I mean, that's okay. You spend $100,000 on a fancy van conversion. I spent $20,000 on a casita to each his own, right? I mean, whatever, dude, you do you. Um, I'll probably make a part two to this because I I don't even think I've really scratched the surface of the benefits of Casita RVs and RVs in general for that matter. But I think what I really was hoping to do more than anything was just to get you to think about some of these things. It's almost like that statement, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. That's how new people really should feel about RVs because a lot of these advantages are things that most people don't even know about. And um, and so, you know, it's just good to be aware that you don't know everything. And we'll end the podcast on this wonderful note of a huge semi. Here, Here's the proof that I'm not lying about this. There you go. Traveling in my casita as we speak, hanging out with semis, which is kind of what made me want to make this podcast because I was like, man, I love this thing. You know, I mean, 
it can be 50 mile an hour winds out there. It can be, you know, raining, pouring, hot, cold, and I can just pull over in a pristine spot that I love and get my laptop out, have a conference call, do a Zoom call, make some money, be a normal person, take a nap, eat a salad out of the fridge, um, you know, just whatever. And and I'm pretty much just chilling, hanging out, right? Um, it's been life-changing for me to have that uh, and then to be able to know that, that the casita holds most of its value. Yeah, sure, economic conditions come and go, but you're going to get a pretty good price for a casita when you sell it. You know, maybe you take a 20% loss, 30% loss. I don't really know, but you're at least going to get a lot of your money back, which is pretty rare for mold avoidance when hotels, Airbnbs, leases, rental properties, you never see a penny of that back, right? So it's it's actually kind of, kind of amazing to get... Um, to get your money back when you sell a casita. Like I sold a different casita a few months ago and I, I did luck out on the timing a little bit because I had bought it before the pandemic and I got a really good price on my casita, but I actually made like $4,000 selling my casita. I mean, how do you think that felt to use the heck out of it for a number of years, enjoy it, start businesses in it, survive winters in it, you know, all this different stuff. And then to make money, like, it's just mind blowing. Even if I had lost a few thousand dollars, it would still be mind blowing. Um, if you guys want to learn more about I, I have, I'll just cut to the point. I have an ebook uh, that you can buy that's called Avoiding Catastrophic Mold Mistakes in RVs. It's basically like all the lessons I've learned about RV life in uh, doing, in the midst of doing mold avoidance, you know, tanks and water pressure and adapters. And this is a catastrophic mistake to avoid. And this is what to tell the dealer, not to tell the dealer, how to place your order, questions to ask, just all these little random lessons. Um, I do have an ebook that I put together that I sell um, that you can get if you want. If you're considering getting an RV, um, you're welcome to look into buying a copy of that ebook. I also call it my RV homework documents because when I used to help people with RVs, I would say read these documents as your homework. And I'm trying to think of an easy way to tell you where the link is, but I don't really know where the link is. So post a message on my Facebook group and say, Hey, Brian, where's your RV documents? Uh, or look at some of the pinned posts or some of the links on my websites. So I try to, I try not to keep it too front and center because I don't want to make it seem like I'm selling it to everybody, but it is out there if you guys are interested in it. And just my normal disclaimer for the ebook, as well as for this podcast, I am not an RV technician. I'm not an RV mechanic. I've never been formally trained in RVs. Your RV may get moldy and it might break down and it might roll off the side of the freeway and I am not taking responsibility for your satisfaction or safety in RVs. This is just my opinion, my experience with RVs. Your experience may be different and I very much recommend that people hire qualified mechanics, qualified dealers, qualified sales agents, qualified insurance agents, qualified inspectors to look over their RVs qualified, you know, teachers to teach you how to drive an RV safely and hook it up. They can be dangerous, fatal. You know, you can roll your RV, you can run over your foot with it. You you can, you know, it, lots of bad things can happen. Mold-wise, they can leak, they can get moldy, they can get fungus, they can get mildew, you know, all this stuff. I'm literally only sharing my own limited experience. So, I'm not accepting any liability for your decisions and your own 
um, usage of RVs. This is just what I've learned personally that I'm sharing as freedom of speech in my own podcast. So please do not interpret this in any way as professional advice. I am not a licensed or certified professional in any way whatsoever at all. Zero, not medically and not related to RVs. No, no certifications and I'm not a professional. So thanks for listening, guys. Hope everybody has a great day and we'll catch you next time.